The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. On the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. It's amazing. It's a full house. (laughs) After three years, this is pretty cool. Thank you all for being here, and happy Easter. The language of today's gospel from Luke talks about Peter going home amazed at what had happened Another translation reads, Peter went home wondering about what this meant. From very early times, Peter has been recognized as a stand-in, not only for the church, but for each of us as individual believers. Peter, if you remember, is the one who's always getting it right before he gets it wrong, right? That's not like you, is it? It's certainly like me. One of my favorite questions to ask on Easter Sundays, and those of you who know me may remember this, is to ask, why are you here? Is it just a tradition to gather on an Easter Sunday, or is it something more? Because you, like me, are hardwired by our culture to believe in the language of death. All you have to do is open up the headlines. 
And as the commentators said just in the past couple of weeks, it's like we're confronted by the four horsemen of the apocalypse, are we not? War, pestilence for sure, and famine, which we are all being warned about as there are delays in placing the grain in the earth for the spring harvest in one of the great bread baskets of the globe. And of course, the fourth horseman comes along right on their heels, the horseman of death. If you buy into the secular line, that's all there is, ultimately. We're born, we live, we die. Full stop. Maybe we're lucky we get born into a place where we are a little bit more comfortable. We certainly spend a great deal of effort to protect our comfort, do we not? But no, I think you're here the same reason I'm here, and that is we believe that there is something more to life than simply the four men, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Our most ancient spiritual ancestors had two things to say. In the first century, Christians were saying, Jesus is Lord, which, watch out, the subtext is, the emperor is not. Hello, trouble, right? The second thing they said is Christ is risen. Those two were the core of the ancient Christian faith, and from those, everything else flows. Our spiritual ancestors understood that to bear witness to Easter was to confront the four horsemen of the apocalypse right where they were which meant that early Christian communities were among the only communities in all of the ancient Roman Empire that were giving food to those who were hungry, confronting famine, that were bringing healing and grace and company to those who were ill, confronting pestilence, that we're bringing the language of peace even in the face of persecution and dissolution and threats, confronting war. Because they absolutely refused to allow the fourth horseman of the apocalypse, death, to have the last word. That is our faith. If you boil everything down and let go of 2,000 years of institutional history, that is what you are left with when it comes to the kernel of who we are as a Christian people and where we belong in this world of ours.
we have an agenda. But it's not an agenda the rest of the world really understands. When we are confronted by pestilence, we organize for healing. When we are confronted with famine, we organize to feed the hungry. When we are confronted by war, we organize for peace. And when we are confronted by death itself, we partner with our God and we organize for new life. In the words of the ancient prophets, we believe that there is a new world being born right here in our hearts and in this community, and it is a world that is meant to be offered as an alternative to the apocalyptic world out there. The other thing the ancient Christians talked about were the martyrs, not just those who gave their lives, but those who bore witness, and they referred to them as seeds, as seeds planted to grow up into that new world that Christ promises. So like Peter, this day we are at the empty tomb and we are wondering what it means. It means that we are being called to be a new kind of people yet again, even after 2,000 years. To be seeds planted in the world, seeds of something new. That is our Easter hope. And isn't it a wonder that we still believe this after all this time, after everything that has happened to you and to me and to this community over the past three years, we are still here. Just like many of our sisters and brothers around the world who are gathering, even in times of pestilence and under threat of famine, and even in the midst of war, declaring Christ is risen. Now I ask you, isn't that something worth wondering about this day? As you carry the Easter hope from this place, be that source of goodness that the world needs right now, compassion and mercy and forgiveness, feeding those who are hungry, bringing healing to those who are sick, bringing a bearer of peace where there is strife, and a bearer of new life where there is death. Now here's a way of putting it that I think most of us who live in Southern Marin will understand. Resurrection is a participatory sport, right? It's not a passive one. So I invite you over the next 50 days of Easter to participate. 
course, you're always welcome here. Yes, that is partly what I mean. You all know what I like to say. You know, we're here for the other 51 weeks of the year, but what I really mean is show up out there with this message, if carried nowhere else, in your heart of hearts. You are the seeds of the new creation. That is why you are also called an Easter people. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace, and we hope to greet you in person very soon.